Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the 23rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. I hope you all had a great Halloween. It looked like you really did through all the pictures we saw over on Twitter and Instagram. Now, in this episode, we have some great news. I'll give you my review of the Jurassic World Blu-ray release, and we'll wrap it up with a listener segment. But before all that, I just wanted to remind everyone to check out our DVD giveaway. I posted a video explaining everything for you, so make sure to check it out in the link to the video in our show notes. Now to win the Jurassic World DVD that we have, we want you all to use the hashtag JurassicCostume and tag a picture of yourself in your best Jurassic Park costume from this Halloween. We got a bunch of great results already, so make sure to get yours in for a chance to win. All right, well, why don't we start the show off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. Today, I guarantee it. So if $1.6 billion worldwide wasn't enough, the Jurassic World Blu-ray, DVD, and digital release added another $82.6 million to that total. So breaking records has become a thing here with Jurassic World, which still really just blows my mind. But the DVD release is becoming Universal's biggest home release ever, the highest-selling Blu-ray and DVD release of 2015, and film's biggest live-action Blu-ray release of all time. Now, like I said before, it blows my mind how well this film has done, and it continues to become a phenomenon in the home market as well. Now, we all knew it would be great, but this success is something none of us ever imagined. Congrats to Universal on the amazing DVD sales. There was a bit of essentially non-news this week when we found out that J.A. Bayona was apparently contacted to direct the sequel to Jurassic World. Now, nothing came to fruition because he's already under contract to direct World War Z 2. So none of this could have actually happened unless he broke his contract. But I think more importantly, we all have to wonder if this choice is possibly telling us what type of film we are going to get for the sequel. Now, the Spanish director is known for darker films such as The Orphanage and his work on Penny Dreadful and obviously being attached to World War Z. So I wonder if this means we are going to be getting a darker vision for the sequel. But for now, we just have to wait until someone's announced and my hopes are still betting on Matt Reeves to direct the sequel. Here's hoping. I think Universal is taking a cue from Jurassic World. 
As they just announced that Universal Orlando will be getting a new themed ride towards Jimmy Fallon. The ride will take guests on a race with Fallon through New York for a special taping of The Tonight Show. Jimmy did a great job being the tour guide in Jurassic World, and it makes me wonder if we'll be racing gyrospheres with him through New York. Doubtful, but it's fun to hope, right? This is Tom. This is Jake. And this is Travis. And we are the Drunken Dork Podcast. Tune in every week and listen to us discuss the finer points on superheroes, the latest pop culture news, as well as all of our favorite moves. You can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or the Stitcher app for Android. And be sure to catch up on all of our episodes by visiting us over at www.drunkendorkpodcast.wordpress.com. And remember, folks, you have one liver. Ruin it well. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Is that good? You find it? Fantastic. Just the parts they didn't like. I believe I've spent enough time in the company of death. Hang on, this is going to be bad. So for this segment, I kind of just wanted to give you, uh, more or less, my review of Jurassic World on Blu-ray. Now, we all know how I think about the movie. I loved it. I think it looked beautiful. I love the way it looked on screen in theaters. But now we get to see it here in our homes, in you know, on our TVs, on our computer screens. So uh, let me dive into it here because I loved how this film looked on Blu-ray. Now, I thought, like everybody else, it definitely lost that blue hue that we saw in the theaters. And one of the things I really loved was how the film grain just popped out above everything else. And really, I think the film just makes everything look so vivid. Um, the raptors look fantastic, and I feel like they're much more of living, breathing creatures than we've ever seen before. Because you can see so much on their faces, you know, their their breathing, their their eye movements, everything about them just seems m- much more realistic than before. And I also thought that the Indominus, when it's walking outside of its paddock, you know, sniffing around for Owen, I thought that scene just looked incredible on my TV. Now, basically, it looked like an animatronic figure, which is impossible because it wasn't. It was CGI. You know, when the head ducks down and it looks for Owen under the truck, and, you know, that scene right there, when you see the head come under the truck, it looks incredible. And even the foot stomping right after that, they're just so photorealistic. You know, watching it now on a regular basis makes me want to hear a full soundtrack even more. Now, I'm really happy with the soundtrack that we've gotten so far, but I really hope we get an expanded release sometime down the road because there's so much great stuff in the film that's still left over. Uh, I can't get over it. That visitor center scene has one track in the background. It's got basically the old school Jurassic Park theme and it's on piano. And that's something that we don't have specifically that version on the soundtrack. So I'd love to hear that sometime in the future. Now, I know some may hate how the Raptors look throughout the film. But like I said before, I find them stunning. And I think that uh, the, you know, the zero dark raptor moment, uh, I think that that moment is just awesome. I think the shot of them running straight towards the camera is immensely impressive, something that I haven't really seen before. They look so realistic. They basically look like animals just coming straight towards you. And uh, really, although I got to say, I was disappointed with how the T-Rex looked in theaters. I thought the raptors have looked great this whole time. 
but the T-Rex, I thought that looked a little disappointing in theaters, but once I watched it on my Blu-ray here at home, I found the details to be super impressive on the Blu-ray. Now, the entire final sequence is also one of my favorites, my absolute favorites in the entire series, so I think it's truly incredible what they put there on the screen. Now, the Rex, for some reason, like I said, it looks so much better than I could have imagined. You know, I, I was a little disappointed before, but now this, this entire sequence just blows me away with how they blended the digital dinosaurs and the physical sets. It all just looks so amazing here on, on Blu-ray. And I just watched it before recording this, um, so I can fully attest to how amazing that scene looks. And it really brings us to the final scene in the film, with the Rex roaring over top of the, uh, you know, the entire park there. And I literally cannot say enough about how awesome the detail looks on that dinosaur. You know, it's fantastic. As the camera pans around, the sun is just staring straight at us, and you can see the dinosaur so well, up so close, and the eye looks realistic, the skin looks realistic, everything about it looks amazing. I just can't get enough of it. Um, and I can hear you all right now literally saying that I'm just fanboying out, or I can't judge the CGI very well. Um, but you know what? None of that really matters because I love this film from start to finish and I think it looks really beautiful on Blu-ray. So I really wanted to take this time to go over a lot of the special features, you know, because we all know the film, it's all great, um, but the special features is something that we're really looking forward to and I can say that there's some good and there's some bad, but uh, let's get into it here. We start off with the deleted scenes, and that's about six minutes worth of deleted scenes. Now, I won't go through all of them because I'm sure you want to go out there and find them yourself if you haven't already. Um, and we've all heard about some of the major ones, like the uh, dino dr droppings, droppings that are being smeared all over them. Now, we, won't, we don't need to talk about that one. That one wouldn't have worked. But let me talk about two that I actually would have loved to have seen. Um, Zack and Gray, they actually just escaped the Indominus, and they decided to share a little bit of chocolate. We didn't really need that scene, but the other part of that scene is they're traversing, you know, towards something. We don't see where they're going, but later in the movie, we actually find out they're going to the old visitor center. And I would have loved to have seen this sequence because I really think it helps to establish, you know, their bond as brothers, but I also like how it gets them to the old visitor center. I think that's a bit of a, a sort of a flaw from the film is... You see them go off course and, you know, outside the fence into the restricted area. But, you know, if you look at the maps, you actually see that the old visitor center is much farther down on, on the map. So it would have been nice to see them go towards the old visitor center instead of just all of a sudden appearing there. Now, the second scene that I actually liked a lot was um, a conversation between Claire and Owen. Um, the first half of the conversation was a little off. Um, because I feel like it established a relationship that we don't know anything about between them. Um, this is after he talks with the kids at the Raptor Pen while they're prepping for their, their uh, you know, jaunt out into the, the jungle to catch the Indominus. Um, she actually says to him, so this is who you've been spending all your time with? Basically as if they're already a couple and he chooses the Raptors over her. I mean, maybe that's a possibility. Maybe there's that relationship that we didn't know about, but we don't really get that on the screen. We don't get that from them. So the one part I did like about that scene was that Owen actually says that this whole, you know, raptor chase sequence is a bad idea, especially if it works. And I think that that, that line right there kind of establishes a through line to the sequel. Now, if it works, what are the things that we're going to see here? You know, are we going to see them being used with the military? Are we going to see them used for other, you know, things that they shouldn't be used for? 
I think that's a great line. I would have loved to have seen that in the movie um, because I really think it expands the universe a bit and gets you ready for what you may see in the sequel. Now, the other scenes are, are actually, you know, some are good, some are bad, like I said. Um, but we all know that there's more deleted scenes out there. So while it was great to see these ones, it's sort of disappointing that we didn't get to see all of them. Um, and I think this is kind of like a running theme with a lot of the special features here. Um, now, the second special feature we have is Chris and Colin take on the world. That one is about nine minutes long. And this is stuff that we've seen a lot of already. We've seen these things posted online, uh, a few different segments from this particular behind the scenes. Uh, basically, this one's just Chris and Colin having a conversation, talking about the films. But uh, one of the sequences I wanted to point out was when they're talking about the Indominus ripping off an animatronic robot T-Rex head in the film. So I guess at some point they intended to have, you know, a giant robot T-Rex in the park. And maybe the Indominus comes across it and rips the head off thinking it's a real T-Rex. But they decided not to use that, obviously, because of how people would view it in terms of CGI versus animatronic, you know, in the films. Um, they may have saw it as a dig towards the older, you know, animatronic dinosaurs versus the new CGI dinosaurs. So Steven Spielberg came to the rescue and said, don't do that scene. But it certainly would have been awesome to see, I think. The third behind-the-scenes uh, segment we have here is Welcome to Jurassic World. Now, that one comes in just about uh, 30 minutes. And again, like I said with Chris and Colin Take on the World, we've seen a bunch of these segments already. So it's actually you know just really an overview. So you've seen those segments online. Basically, just quick clips of, you know, them talking, being interviewed, some behind the scenes, and a lot, a lot of, you know, in-movie sequences being shown. Um, so this one actually just talks about building the film. You know, they talk about the story. They talk about bringing in Colin and his vision for the film. Uh, they also have the casting, shooting in Hawaii, building the Indominus Paddock, the Raptor Pen. Uh, the Apatosaurus sequence that we all saw, I think that one was online. Uh, they talk about using the abandoned Six Flags for Main Street. And I think that this is stuff that we wish we saw more of. You know, we get to see this small glimpse of Main Street, but I know probably every one of you want to see more of a full tour of Main Street because since they actually built that, they could go, you know, store to store or restaurant to wherever they are and just explain everything and all the detail. But we don't get that. We get this kind of quick clips, like I said before. And it's really just about an overview of Jurassic World. And it's great. I love it. But it would have been nice to be a little bit more in-depth. Now, the other one we have here is Dinosaurs Roam once again. Uh, this one comes in at 16 and a half minutes. Um, they talk a lot about the placement of dinosaurs in the film. You know, when things aren't really there, because a lot of these actors have to act to something that's not in front of them. One of the cool features they actually talk about is the use of an iPad through uh, to see, actually, ILM's creations on the set. You know, and they really showed a lot about how they filmed, like with that iPad and with detailed models that, that were kind of brought around to get the cast to know what they were supposed to be terrified of. And uh, one of the sequences, actually, that was the Main Street Pteranodon sequence. It just looked so insane to film. You know, they brought in so many extras, it's so chaotic. And uh, one of the main points of that sequence is, is uh, the death of Zara. And I think that sequence was incredible. 
the way they filmed it, the way they they you know brought everything together and made everything look realistic. And Katie McGrath actually did all her own stunts, which is just incredible. You know, from her being pulled up into the sky to being basically drowned over and over again, that was all really her. So essentially, like I said with the other one, Welcome to Jurassic World featurette, this is just essentially another overview of just how they how they made the dinosaurs and how they did everything on set. Um, they actually finished it up with a little bit of a segment about ILM talking about creating the dinosaurs, but they just skip around all too fast, and you really don't get to see, you know, the focus that you want on each dinosaur. Really, that's about it for that segment. It's a little bit, it's a little bit short, you know, 16 minutes. I mean, that's fine. If it was 16 minutes in depth on just the dinosaurs themselves, it would be great. But it's a little too short, you know, with all these quick clips, like I said before. It's just kind of disappointing. Now, the other one we have here is Jurassic World All Access Pass. Now, this one I actually thought was kind of interesting. I This one comes in about 10 minutes. It shows a lot of concept art, which I thought was awesome. Um, it introduces the character of Owen um, and how Chris actually talked with a lot of animal trainers to get the vibe of his character. Um, they talk about the gyrosphere and how... They are actually slightly realistic. You know, if you think about the way, like, Star Wars, for instance, now has that that little droid character, BB-8. They have those toys out on the shelves, and I have one here. And it's just amazing the way that thing works. And if you take that and just, you know, put it on a giant scale, you have a gyrosphere. So it's cool to hear them talk about how this thing could possibly work in real life. Um, They also talk about the raptor sequence in the middle of the film... You know, the shooting in the jungle in Hawaii, how they tried to build horror for that that sequence there with the raptors. Um, and one of the features I liked about that scene was that there's no music, and they pointed that out. Um, and I like to think of that as like a cue to Spielberg because he has a lot of those, those scenes where it's really intense, but there's no music. And uh, the final piece of this segment is actually how they shot that final scene or the final sequence with the Indominus and the T-Rex. And when you watch that all take place from behind the scenes, it's actually pretty incredible to think about how they really did that. So I really suggest watching this one. It's only 10 minutes. It's very short. I'd love to see more, like I said with all the other ones, but this is all we get. And this is actually a really good one to watch. Another one we have here is actually a video of Chris Pratt touring the Innovation Center. Um, Now, this one is really short. It's only two minutes long, but it actually is filled with some decent content for that two minutes. Uh, We have a a few key voiceovers. We have Chris giving a tour of the Innovation Center. And there's actually a lot of detail in that entire room that we we didn't actually get to see in the film. Um, It's so much of a waste, to be honest, because, you know, they kind of breeze through that area and they don't actually interact with all of it. So it's nice to see them kind of doing it here behind the scenes. One of the cool parts is it actually really does feel like an interactive museum. Something that you may see in your local city or somewhere. Um, but one of the cool parts is Hammond is actually featured. Aside from his statue, you get to see a cool picture of him on one of the uh, informational boards of neopaleontology. But like I said before, it's so brief. Too, too brief. Um, we could seriously use an in-depth look at this place because there's so much detail that went into it. It's just a shame to see it go wasted. And one thing I was actually looking forward to was Barbasol's Closest Shaves. This is the last one on the uh, special features here for the Blu-ray. But 
really there was not much to look forward to in this one. This one comes in at about three minutes long and is essentially a highlight clip of, you know, all the closest shaves in all the previous films and Jurassic World. Um, it shows a lot of close calls. It shows some deaths. Uh, but there's really not much of substance here. I mean, you know, obviously it's great to see all these old scenes, but it's nothing new. It's nothing we haven't seen before. Uh, but if I'm going to take away something from it, I'm going to say that when they started off showing the Jurassic Park sequence, it's actually nice to kind of see that with the Jurassic World soundtrack. So that's kind of cool. But aside from that, there's really nothing of substance. Um, I would have thought it would be something cooler, but that's about it. So really, I think the overall consensus here is we need more. Now, I know we're all just a bunch of fans here just reaching out saying, give us everything you have, but this is some good stuff for now. Um, I know they're going to you know, reach into our pockets later on and release some sort of expanded release. Like I said before, with the soundtrack, it'd be nice to have something expanded upon. Um, but I'm sure in the future we're going to get another DVD release with even more... So, unfortunately, we're all going to be spending more and more money. Um, but, for now, this is what we have, so let's be happy with it because there is some really great stuff here. Some stuff you can actually watch, you know, over and over again because it is really cool to see all this stuff happen behind the scenes. Um, but, like I said, it's all too short. Now, I'd like you all to reach out to us, whether it's through Twitter, email, or voicemail, and let us know what you think about these behind the scenes. Um... You know, like I said, I think they could use more. Do you think they could? Or do you think you're you're perfectly content with what we have? Now, I know some of you have the Target exclusives, so I don't have that. So, I mean, I could look them up online, but I, uh, I just wanted to review the ones that I have for the standard Blu-ray disc. Um, so, let me know what you guys think, and uh, maybe I'll read them on the next episode. Thanks. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? So I'm going to start off this listener segment with another email here from James. Let's dig into it. He says, Hey, it's me again. What is your view on Hoskins' idea of the Indominus, but a fraction of the size? Was he talking about raptor-sized Indominuses? Or do you think he was referring to the concept of the trained raptors like Owen's raptors? If you get what I mean. Thanks. Hey James, I think I get what you mean. Um, but I actually think Hoskins was talking about smaller versions of the Indominus. Um, I think he was looking for trained killers. You know, he wants them to be trained like Owen's raptors, but he also wants them to be something more. And we all know that they're obviously working on hybrids, so why just use a typical raptor when you can use something much more vicious or brutal like the Indominus? Um, I could see these things being probably bigger than a raptor, but maybe, you know, smaller than the Indominus. The Indominus was pretty big. Now, since they're engineering these creatures on their own, um, I'm sure they could turn the violence up to 10 and make these creatures the most fierce creatures we've ever seen. Now, overall, I think it's really still a poor concept you know, using these into battle, I, I don't think it's a really good idea, as I think guns, bombs, and other elements would far outweigh the use of dinosaurs in warfare situations. So while they may be able to eat the enemy, belt buckle and all, 
I really don't think they could be used for, you know, battle situations. It really just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. Thanks for the email, James. Now we've got another one here. This one comes from Sarah on Twitter. She says, I think you guys should discuss where Claire kept her cell phone while running through the island. Hashtag real talk. You know, Sarah, I could come out and say I've got this whole convoluted, you know, idea as to where she put it. But honestly, I've got no clue. You know, we see her use the cell phone in the control room, but then not again until she's out in the jungle. Uh, basically, when she finds out that Mizrani is is taking out the chopper, I guess I could just say that maybe she's letting Owen hold it. You know, my wife actually asks me to hold her phone sometimes when she doesn't have pockets to hold stuff. So that's what I'm going to assume is happening here. Um, now, we could all go on assuming major plot holes, but it really doesn't matter in the long run, does it? Thanks for the tweet, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the 23rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I hope you all have enjoyed the DVD release and have had a chance to check out some of those deleted scenes and other extras. Also, don't forget to send us your pictures of your Jurassic Park costumes. Use the hashtag JurassicCostume to tag yourself for a chance to win. Thanks to James and Sarah for submitting questions to the listener segment this week. It's always great to hear from everyone out there. Now, if you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. But we're also on Instagram, Tumblr, and Flickr. Make sure to find us. You can also listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. So make sure to subscribe. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. All the links to our web presence are found in our show notes. Now, I know I ask you guys every week... But if you haven't already, please do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. Now, if you want to get a hold of us during the week, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. Now, if you don't have a way to record, you can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. The number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. of Costa Rica. We've made living attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. Welcome to Jurassic World. We have a new attraction. She's bigger than the T-Rex. Probably not a good idea. containment everyone remain calm evacuate the island 
PG-13.